getting up is the hard part. But mm -hmm. when you start going up the hill a second time, usually you've learned where yeah. a few footholds are. That's right. You've learned how to avoid some of those uh, thistles and thorns, yeah. and you're able to go up the hill faster the second time. And when you hit that plateau and there's another hill ahead of you, you've learned some skills that will take you up the next hill. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson. And on today's episode, we're talking about wealth and building habits that eventually build wealth. So let's start with some statistics on wealth and then talk about how we can get to where we can actually build some wealth. Yeah, well, I think it's important to look at the stats on wealth because it gives us uh, a realization that it is possible to get there, that we can achieve it, and that uh, there are some simple habits we can put in place that we'll talk about today that help us get there. But let's just look at what the numbers are. Right. Uh, did you know that there are over 17 million millionaires wow. in the United States? That's incredible. 17 million. Uh, I think there's around 300 million people in the United States. Mm -hmm. That's just incredible that 17 million out of those yep. 300 million have reached the millionaire status. That means that what they own minus what they owe is over a million dollars. Over a million dollars, yeah. That's absolutely incredible. 41% of the world's millionaires live in the United States. Yeah. So first and foremost, that just tells me that it is possible here in the United States that you have a lot of advantages mm -hmm. uh, really compared to the rest of the world. Uh, the ingenuity here, the creativity here, the property laws here, the intellectual property laws here, yep. the the currency and the strength of the currency, the strength of the trust in the market, the strength of the businesses where we live. There is a great marketplace here in the United States, and I would say, in my opinion, probably better than almost anywhere in the world to become a millionaire. Now, I'm, there are some other great economies, so that's not to say we're the only one. But 17 million people here in the U.S. are millionaires, 41% of the world's millionaires. How many, of, how many of those do you think are first generation? Well, my understanding is that that's somewhere around 80%, like 78 to 80%. So, so 80%, 8 yeah. out of 10 of those 17 million people gained their wealth themselves. It was yes. not passed on. It yes. wasn't inherited. It wasn't yeah, something first generation they just rich. somehow built it on their own. Yeah, yeah. And that comes That's from awesome. The Millionaire Next Door, which was written many years ago, but has then been reaffirmed by study after study. And it, and it constantly ranges from 80, 78 to 85%. Wow. So eight out of 10 people. Yeah. They did this on their own, not even coming from a rich background or coming from an upper middle class area. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually really interesting if you look at it, uh, 78% started out as middle class or poor, hmm. only 22% started out in the upper class. So it wasn't even a, the privilege of being a in a position to be able to gain that wealth. Right. They just did it on their own. They got Absolutely. the education or just did the grunt work necessary to get there. Yeah. And a lot of people moved to the United States in that process. Right. And because of the rich ground here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and the hard work ethic that they brought over with them, they scrapped and they clawed and they worked and they worked hard. They worked two, three jobs, but they put in the time and energy. They started a small business. They learned. Maybe they lost the first time around, but then they kept going yeah. and they kept yeah. pursuing and kept pushing forward. And so to me, this just, it blows the mindset that, okay, I can't get ahead or I can't move forward or it's impossible to achieve something. We 
are in one of That's the most prosperous. It's true. a total myth. Total it myth. blows it out of the water. This is one of the most prosperous places to live in the entire world. And and even, I mean, just it's so so funny to even think about, but even just the fact, I don't always love the government, but just the fact that our government keeps us safe so we don't have to worry about wars coming in and wrecking our businesses. The right. fact that the government allows us to own property right. so the government doesn't take control of all the property. We can own things. We can own our houses. We can own our businesses. We can own the land that it's on. We can own mineral rights and the ground. Even the fact that ownership laws are so strong right. allows prosperity. The fact that if I have something that you want, Leo, you have the right to trade something to me in return and, mm-hmm. and that we can use currency. We don't have to use cows or chickens or eggs. We have a great currency. Just the, the modern economy that we live in is so powerful. It's got so many good things baked yeah. into it. Yeah. And then you add the internet, which connects us to literally millions of people. Billions of people. Billions of people. <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And so and so now if you have something that is valuable to somebody else on the other side of the country or the other side of the world, yeah. you can make a connection and sell it to them. And there's a free flowing of economy and goods and dollars. And so to me, that's really powerful just to look at some of these stats and realize um, you can achieve wealth yeah. in your lifetime. Yeah. All the recipe for success are there. Yes. I mean, literally every ingredient that's necessary. We have security laws. We have uh, a strong currency we have capitalism that promotes and rewards those who are willing to do the work, take the chance. Yeah, work hard. Work yep. hard and get it done. And it's it's interesting to me, but have you ever looked around and who's actually starting up uh, the mom and pop places, you know, the, the right. restaurants? Right. I mean, yes, we have these big chains, but if you really look at who owns a lot of the smaller restaurants or, or just one-off type places – they're immigrants. They're people that have come to yeah. this country, yeah. usually first generation, yep. who in their mind was, hey, we're just going to start a donut shop yep. or we're going to start a start coffee cutting shop hair, or whatever. Start selling coffee, right? I think I think to them, and I've seen this, I've traveled, uh, I've had the privilege of traveling overseas several times in cultures where this mindset of entrepreneurship is just built in, yeah. right? Because education isn't, isn't as strong in some of these countries as it was, as it is here in the United States. So for them, being being able to do some kind of business to make some side income is, is a necessity. That's the right, only way they can right. actually keep their head above water. So for them to come here and then experience this open market and they realize, wow, I can I can actually get a loan to start this. Right. Because many of them can get a loan. They can start a business. Yeah. And it's amazing to me how what how lopsided this is. There are more people, entrepreneurs, that I believe are first-generation immigrants than mm. there are naturally-born Americans. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Because it's the mindset. Yep. I mean, if you think about yep. it, in school, we're not really taught to be entrepreneurial. Right. We're taught right. to pass tests, to get a job, get security, put in a 401k, yeah, all literally. good things to a degree. Yep. But we know that real wealth comes from doing something different, not yeah. just having a paycheck because yeah. there's a limit to that, right? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think 66% of millionaires own their own business. Yeah. 66%. Yeah. I mean, that idea that I'm going to take something, buy, I'm going to take the bull by the horns, I'm going to chase it down. I'm going to wrap my arms around it. I'm going to own it. I'm going to put in the, the sweat equity. I'm going to put in the time. And then as it grows, you take all the profits from that. And yeah. that's awesome. And then and then that works. So you, you add a new sales technique, you add a new product line, you add... Whatever it is, you keep adding to it, whether you're selling food or you're selling computer software, you know, whatever you do, you become the expert in that. And as you become more of an expert and you grow your network and as you connect with more people, yeah. then it just it just constantly moves. So 66% uh, of millionaires are business owners. That's pretty remarkable. 
And it's also very inspiring because you know that if they did it, that really, honestly, anybody can do it. Yeah. Right? It just, it does take ingenuity. But here's the thing. We all have certain gifts. We all have certain passions. We all have certain abilities. And today, especially because of the internet and the ability to teach and share your knowledge with the world, whether it's through a a YouTube channel or your own website or uh, a teachable website or whatever, you're able to take what you know and sell it, literally sell it, trade currency with someone who wants to know that information. And it's remarkable what you can do. And it's not even, it doesn't have to be world-changing. It just has to be important to a few people. Right, You know, 1,000 to 2,000 people can literally bring you a ten dollars to $20,000 income per month with the right. right product. So there is really no limitations today on what you can do, but it's not easy. We don't mean to make it sound like it's easy because it's not. I I guarantee if you talk to these 17 plus million people that are millionaires today, they will not tell you that it was easy. They'll tell you it was hard, but it was worth it because of where they are today. And there's there's a deeper benefit, I believe, is that you're actually accomplishing something. And we've talked about this before, that real success comes from finding a, a problem mm-hmm. and serving other people, mm-hmm. right? Finding right. a solution Absolutely. Or, Absolutely. or finding something that other people could benefit from. So it's serving other people that will bring you this wealth. So I'm excited to see this because 17 plus million people are doing something that's probably helping me to a degree and many other people. Yeah, And that's a good thing. So I want to reciprocate that and I want our listeners to also you know, dig down deep and figure out what is it that I can offer this world in my lifetime? What can I do that not only will make me financially successful, but it will actually help the world in some way? Yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that's one a of very, my very important and worthy goal. I yeah, think. absolutely. That's one of my favorite things about capitalism is that it encourages you to go into the marketplace and serve someone else. Right. And this is so cool. I might not have the same religious beliefs as somebody, mm-hmm. but if I can serve them and I can do business with them and they pay me for that service, I'm more focused on serving them right. and on receiving payment for that service than I am on our religious differences. I may have completely philosophical differences with somebody and I may say, uh, I don't agree with that person's stance on this, this, and this, but if I can serve them in the marketplace and it's a benefit and they pay me for that, we have a relationship that otherwise would not have be formed. So it can be one of the most... Um, peaceful things as well, because yes. it, it brings cultures together. It brings philosophies together. It brings people together that would usually not talk at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can walk down the street and somebody that you would never you know, stop and talk to, well, let's say that they actually own a fruit stand and you want fruit in that moment, you turn, you stop and talk to them and you exchange dollars for goods and a service that benefits you in that moment. And it benefits them. You're helping their family by giving them money. They're helping you in your health by giving you that product. Uh, to me, it's just, it's so cool that we have the opportunity to do this. And, and I don't want us to think we're talking about millionaires and we're talking about wealth. This is not wealth for wealth's sake. No. But this is the opportunity to serve people so well and put in the time and the energy that when you've served people, you've, I, I would say you've blessed someone else with mm-hmm. your talents, your gifts, your abilities, yeah. uh, the education that you have that you're sharing or the product that you've made that you're sharing. You're consistently blessing others. And the more you serve someone, the, the better off you're going to be. And Absolutely. that's just cool. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it, it goes right back to if you're doing good for one person and then 10 people, then 100 people. Whatever it is that you're producing, whatever it is that you're making, whatever it is that you're offering, it's going to help someone. And in return, that person is going to say thank you. And that thank you is going to come in the form of a dollar or $10 or $100 or whatever. And sometimes it's not just money. Sometimes it goes way beyond money. 
But there is a financial component to capitalism, yeah. and we cannot ignore that because oh, it is an important part of it. It's what makes everyone motivated. Like, yes. I am motivated yes. to do something to help someone to the degree that I can also benefit. Yeah. Now, if I mess this around and kind of get it wrong in my, my head and say, I just want to make the most money possible in order to become wealthy right. right, and secure or whatever it is that right. I'm trying to achieve, but yet my focus isn't to actually help people, it's yeah. to use people to get oh, wealthy, right. then we know that doesn't go very far. Right. Because whatever you're that producing, it's going to fall apart. right? Yeah. People can sense that. I will not do business with a company that is all about the money rather than my experience, right? right? So so we know this. I mean, you go into a store and you're treated well, you're likely to return. Absolutely. You're treated poorly, you're not going to come back. And if if anything, you're going to tell everybody else you know, including every friend you have on Facebook, <laughs> right. that this is not a place you should do business with. So it's important that we understand that these habits that we're going to talk about as far as wealth building habits really stem from having a heart and having a self-awareness that, that you are not the only person on earth and that, that really this world is better when you are contributing to it rather than taking from it. And it'll it'll pay much better dividends when you're investing in the world and the people around you than when you're taken from them. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. So that's the idea is that this, this ability to build wealth, it's not just for us. It's that it first and foremost benefits others. Yep. And in return, we get to benefit as well. Yeah. But I believe it's always you should always pursue it that way. How can I help somebody else? And in return, I can also benefit. Yep. Yep. Right? And, and, I think and that it's not even perfect. It's not even selfish. You're taking care of your family. It's no, not just, not. it's not, oh, it's just for my benefit. You know, I, it then allows me to take care of my family, mm -hmm. which then my family grows up and serves others and they bless other people and benefit other people. So it's kind of like, yes, th there is something where you have to take care of yourself and your family, but, of course. but it's, 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 it's about the other person and it benefits you too. And I love that. And just one more thing on this wealth side, uh, we were talking about, um, Oh, we were talking about Carnegie earlier, Andrew Carnegie. Mm -hmm. And he wrote, uh, I guess when he was 33, he drafted a memo to himself. And this is somebody who becomes you know, the richest person in the world for yep. quite some time. Yep. And he said that the amassing of wealth is one of the worst species of idolatry. Mm. No idol more debasing than the worship of money. Uh, he, he basically digs into this and says, I don't want to amass wealth for wealth's sake. I don't want to worship money. I don't want to worship wealth and finances. And he ended up, as he grew wealth, yeah. he ended up turning around and being one of the greatest philanthropists. Yeah, he gave away 90% of his wealth while he was still alive. And right. for the last 100 years yeah. since he's died, because I think he died in 1919, so 100 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Over oh, 100, wow. Now, for 100 years, the world has benefited from the uh, philanthropy uh, endeavors that he has taken. Yes. He's built libraries. He's built all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. And the beauty of that is that here's a man who really built well. He was very intense in building businesses. He was one of the early adopters of steel and learning how to, how to create steel and how to make it useful for production. And the the success of that, when he sold his business, he decided to retire. When he sold that, he became the wealthiest person in the world at that time. He even surpassed Rockefeller at that time it's for incredible. at least a couple of years. Right. But then right after he did that, he started literally intentionally pursuing how to get rid of all of that money before he died. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's incredible. It tells you to the, the integrity that he had, but also the conviction that he had. Yep. He understood money for what it was. And some of the habits we're going to talk about in a minute here, we'll get to it, I promise, yeah, right, um, right. is is that these these habits and these traits were in these men early on in the 18, 1900s as they were building these empires. 
is that they realized that really it wasn't about the money. Mm-hmm. There was a deeper spiritual meaning to what they were doing. They realized that the greatest good was to not hold and hoard money, yeah. but to actually use it for greater good. And, and I love that about Andrew Carnegie because he is such a great example of a good steward. He worked really yes. hard, he amassed a ton of wealth, and then he distributed wisely. He didn't just give it away, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He, he was very instrumental and he was involved in those choices. He, yeah. he didn't just write checks while sitting in his mansion. He was actually very involved yeah. in a lot of different things. 3,000 so, plus libraries yeah, it's incredible that he built and paid for. And, and just think about those libraries, the kids yeah. that went and learned in those libraries and the adults that went and How studied those libraries. generations have been impacted ge- and will continue to be impacted. Right. And this is when the library was a primary form of education for somebody who wanted to go out and learn on their own. Because right. you didn't have the internet. You didn't have your phone, right? <laughs> yeah. I, we forget that that wasn't too long ago. <laughs> right. This is, you know, he was born uh, in 1835 and he lived till 1919, like you said, yeah. Leo. So it's been 100 years and the millions of people who've gone to those libraries, uh, who've been uh, a benefit of his investment in actual public education and other areas. So I love that he was a strong businessman and that he was able to grow and serve. He grew wealth by serving people, but then he turned around and said, the goal wasn't wealth all along. I'm going to turn around and now give this away. 90% when it was his life. I bet if, if we really knew more about him, he was probably generous all along. Oh, he yeah, didn't, absolutely. He didn't just amass all this money all of a sudden, okay, I think I'm going to start giving now. Right. No, that was part of his makeup all along. Yeah. So let's dive into some of these Okay, some of these habits. habits. I love it. Cool. Well, uh, for me, one of the things that really stands out if somebody is successful, and the people that I've spent time with that are really successful, is first and foremost, a self-awareness mm-hmm. and an awareness of others. Right. They're self-aware of how of how, <laughs> of who they are, yeah. uh, what unique strengths they have, what unique talents they have, of the presence that they carry into a room, and if they're being too loud in a room that's quiet, or if they're being too quiet in a room that's loud, mm-hmm. they're self-aware. They don't yeah. over-talk, and they, they look, they can see when they're starting to bother people with how much they talk, but they also don't under-talk. They recognize if I need to co- contribute to a conversation or I need to step up and lead, they step up and lead. So there's a self-awareness and an awareness of others. Yeah, exactly. But it comes from, I think it stems from the fact that they are not only aware of their strengths and who they are, but they are aware how they're coming across and have an intention on coming across a certain way. And it's not selfish. It's cooperative in nature, right? Their desire is they recognize there's a lot of people in this world and I'm just one person. And I believe these people, when they become wealthy, they recognize how blessed they really are. Yeah. They recognize this is not, not everybody gets here. So the fact that I'm here is unique. It's unique. When you look at the world and how many people in the world are millionaires, mm-hmm. it's a very small percentage when you look at it, you know, six plus billion people on the earth. So these people look at it and, and I'm, I don't, I'm not going to be foolish to say every one of them thinks this way because we know better. But I think a majority of them, a large number of them, realize this is a unique position. Yeah. And especially those who have a spiritual mindset, meaning that they know that there's an afterlife and this life is short. <laughs> the They're going to have 80, matter. 90 years. And especially as right. you get older, all of us begin to reflect on our lives. Like, what are we leaving behind? Yeah. What is our legacy? Yeah. And I think when you get to that level and you know that you can make such great impact on the world, uh, it, it has to rattle you a little bit. Yeah. But I think that comes from being aware. Now, we also know people who are wealthy who are not aware. Right. And these, these, I'm not going to pick on celebrities or, or sure. athletes or whatever, but I'm saying sometimes you see people behave and you see it because now we see everything on, on the media. <laughs> right. But you see them behave in ways that's very disrespectful to 
maybe a waiter or, or any oh, person. Yeah, which is and it's sad. almost like they have this lack of self-awareness. Yeah. They think the world revolves around them. And I'm going to tell you, I don't care how much money you have. You know, Robert Kiyosaki said it this way. Yes, you can be a jerk and become wealthy, but at the end of the day, you'll still be a jerk. Yeah. So what's the point? Right. Right. You're going to be a lonely jerk. Yep. And and that's not our goal. Uh, you, you guys know that we've been yeah. talking on this show now for over a year. And our goal is not just to talk about money and to build wealth. It's to build it with purpose because right. we all have gifts and abilities and things that we can contribute. And our desire is that you would take these things, you become better at managing your own money, that you would maybe embrace some of these habits if you don't currently possess them. Yeah so that you can have the right recipe for building wealth. And spend time to reflect on these. So we're going to list out several habits, but realize that you don't have to necessarily have all of these habits to become successful. Right, right. Uh, but if you have 8 out of 10, or if you have 15 out of 20, it's really going to help you on the, <laughs> the road. Odds are, and, your yeah, favor. The odds are in your favor. And and you'll see people that, that are missing, you know, two or three of them but they're not missing all of them. Right. They have some of them. Even the people that are obnoxious, they have some other habits in place that have allowed them to get to a place of success. Right. And and I would love for that obnoxiousness to go away. I'd love for some of the, you know, those things to disappear, but there are always going to be character things that we need to work on. So as you go through and hear some of these habits, what are the character things you need to work on? But then what are the habits that you can begin to implement today? Yeah. Well, the other one that I would think about is uh, is having true grit. Like having a no-quit mentality. Um, I have I have studied several people. Um, I think we all are attracted to people that are successful, and we want to yeah. read like what did they do, how did they yeah. think? Because I, I am I'm a constant learner, and because I'm a constant learner, I read a lot. So my desire is to learn what other people have done, and learn from them rather than learn from my own experience. Because oh, you know how it is when you when you do it with your own experience there's a lot of knee scraping and a lot of head banging yeah so i'd rather avoid that now that i'm almost 50 i think that way i didn't think that way at 25 but i do now and so i've i've read several uh, biographies of people who like uh, andrew carnegie and other people that have been successful because i'm looking for for those character traits i'm looking for things that says how did he how did this person get there and i'm telling you there's such a large majority of people who have succeeded started in a really low spot, meaning they're either poor or broke, yep. or at some point in their journey had massive failure, mm. and then were able to pick themselves up and keep going. And that's what I mean by true grit. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's crucial that you realize that nothing is for free. Nobody's going to just give it to you. And, and listen, even if you got it that way, it wouldn't be <laughs> worth very much to you. Right, right. right. But, but you'd when probably you, lose it because you didn't earn it. Right. Well, that's the thing. You can you can become wealthy by winning the lottery, but if you don't have the mindset and the ability and the skills to keep that money, then you're going to be worse off than you were. Yep. So the idea here is true grit is that you never quit. And you have to have that mindset when it comes to uh, building wealth because it's not going to be, you know, it's not like the stock market is up and down. <laughs> yeah. That's an indication of how life goes. There's nobody knows the future and you're not going to make every move the right way where it's always going to be positive. Sometimes you're going to take a a, a, a tumble down the down the hill, so yep. to speak. Yep. And if you can't say, okay, well, I just climbed a thousand feet, but I stumbled and now I'm back down to zero. Now I have to start all over again. Yeah. And, and, and it's hard and it's in. painful yeah. and you've scraped up, but but if you can't do it, then you cannot build wealth. Yeah. Because it takes a lot of work. Well, and getting up that second time, the getting up is the hard part. But mm -hmm. when you start going up the hill a second time, 
usually you've learned where yeah. a few footholds are. That's right. You've learned how to avoid some of those uh, thistles and thorns, yeah. and you're able to go up the hill faster the second time. And when you hit that plateau and there's another hill ahead of you, you've learned some skills that will take you up the next hill. But but just getting up when life knocks you down. Uh, you know, when we were talking about grit being one of the habits, I looked at uh, Angela Duckworth's uh, book called Grit. I thought, yeah, I have this book. It's something I've read through and I pulled it back out. And one of the things that Angela talks about is that if you if you were to put together almost like a little formula where you have somebody who's talented and you do talent times their effort, well, that equals their skill. So talent is important. Talent, I mean, of course, starting with a, a high talent is important, but it's talent times effort. The effort, the time, the energy, that, that equates to a skill in your life. Mm-hmm. Then once you have that skill, then you do the skill times effort, again, effort, and that equals your achievement and your success and the things that you're able to do. So talent does matter. It's yep. part of the equation. Of course. But it's talent times effort, and then it's skill times effort. Mm. So effort's in there twice. Yeah. So the grit and the desire and the passion and the perseverance, when you put the effort in constantly, it's it's twice as important as starting with the right talents. Right. It's twice as important as being born in the right location. It's twice as important as having the right education. The effort means twice as much because you can go and get the education. You can move to the location. Sure. You can do the other things, but the effort is something that matters. Yeah. yeah. Not all talented people become successful. Absolutely. Right? And not all skillful people become successful. Yep. But when you take the skill, when you take the talent, I think it gives you a leg up, so to speak. It does gives you an extra ingredient, so to speak, to yes. become successful. Yes. But without a lack of effort, it'll never happen. Yeah, the effort. Right? You could be the greatest. Twice as much. You could be the greatest swimmer in the world. If yes. you never get in the pool, nobody. Nobody will ever, ever know. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. If you don't go in there and start working out and developing that skill and get to the place where you can compete at a higher, higher level, you'll never be a Michael. Michael Phelps. Phelps, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just the that's just the reality of it. You cannot do this yeah. without having the ability to get up and keep going. Yeah, and Leo and I talk about strengths and talents and gifts, and so. We love that you would focus on the places that you're talented and then grow there because you'll grow faster there. But what matters even more than the talent is the effort that you put in. Yep. So the next habit is to have a giving mentality. Mm, this is a big one. This is huge. I think it goes contrary to most what most people think. Yes. Most people think that I need to hold on to what's mine. Mm-hmm. I need to, to scrap and claw and get whatever I can. Right. And if I am in a conversation with somebody, I'm going to get the most out of it. If I'm in a deal with somebody, I'm going to get the most out of it. If I'm in a job, I'm going to get the most out of it. I'm going to get the most money from my employer, and I'm going to put in the least amount of work to make that money. And there is there is a selfishness and a greed that we all natural deal with. Like this is part of our natural inborn innate humanness. Yeah. But if you can instill the habit of having a giving mentality. Now, when I say giving mentality, is that financial? Yeah, it definitely includes finances, but it includes your relationships. Yeah. Every relationship that I'm in, I try to give more to that relationship than I get out of it. And I especially do that at home with my wife. Now I get a ton out of my relationship with my wife, so I don't know that I'd ever be able to compare that. But I try to pour into her. I try to say, hey, I'm gonna give my time. I'm gonna give my ear. I'm gonna give my heart. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give to this relationship. Mm-hmm. At work, I absolutely do the same thing. At work, I'm constantly thinking, how do I benefit this organization 
more than the benefit that I take home. Because every That's year, good. what I actually do is I write down everything that I did throughout the year and I take it to my boss and I present it in a huge bullet point format and, and with an Excel spreadsheet and even sometimes with a PowerPoint. And I'm like, look, this is what I did for you because I want to honor you mm-hmm. and I want to honor this organization and yeah. I want to provide enough to you that you say, we want to keep David here. Right. He, he gave us more than he took away from us. Right. And, and that mindset, when I say a giving mentality, definitely it's financial. Definitely I give to others financially. Definitely I, I give to, I say I give, I return the first 10% to the local church where I go to church. Yep. On top of that, we give uh, to take care of kids in other countries. We give to other organizations. Yeah. So the financial is a component, sure. but this is There's a mentality. Yeah. This is this is across your whole life. So Leo, how has this affected you? Because I know this is a big part of who you are too. I've seen it in everything that you've done. You, you've invested more in me than I've ever benefited you. Well, and, I don't know and, about that, but, but, <laughs> but I definitely but, I definitely would say, I mean, I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying, obviously, but I'll take it a step further to say, you know, when you when your your mindset is always to give more than you take, yeah, I think sometimes we start out with, okay, I'm gonna go to network and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be friendly and I'm gonna offer help and I'm gonna do everything I can to help someone. But if in the back of my mind I'm thinking, how can I then eventually benefit? So it's almost oh, like I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna keep putting in the bank, but eventually I'm gonna come I'm I'm gonna need a withdrawal. Yeah, and I think you have to be careful because we're all somewhat selfish on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, none of us are perfect, in, in me including. And I know that there have been situations when I have been tempted to say, I'm going to give, 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 but then I expect something back. And whenever I've done that, it's always backfired on me. Yeah. And so I just want to warn all of us that that's a possibility. Yeah. It's this idea that if you just generally want to take care of people, yeah. you will be taken care of. You really have to believe that. It's not... Because if you don't believe it, then you're going yeah. to do it for the wrong reason. Right. That you're going to give for the wrong reason. You're going to say, get, yep. okay, I'm, I'm going to give an extra 10% to this building fund or to this organization, nonprofit right. organization, because if I do, I'm earning points in heaven or God's oh, going to bless yeah. me and I'll, my business is finally going to you know, explode. Yeah. No, that's the wrong thinking. It's, that's a give to get mentality. Yeah. And you have to, you have to somehow deal with that. Because that comes from an insecure place inside of you. Yeah. There's something inside of you that says, of I need security and money's going to give it to me. Well, I, I know it's hard to understand from my words, but maybe your experience will take you there. You cannot have enough safety, yeah. no matter how much money you have. Go go interview a bunch of millionaires. Go interview a bunch of people that have just, you know, mega millionaires and find out how secure they feel. Yeah. Ask them questions that you struggle with. And I guarantee you they're struggling with exactly the same thing, even though they may have hundred times the amount of money in the bank that you yeah. do. Yeah. So money will never bring you that. The, the idea here is that you deal with what's inside of you that says that giving to get is what I need to do in order to succeed. No, it, you give and you will get, Yeah. but you have to genuinely want to give. And yeah. I think that goes to giving money, but it's really to giving of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easier for us to test ourselves how good we are at this, right in the closeness of our home. Just oh, look at yeah. how you spend your time are you giving of yourself yeah you know are you waiting for your wife to cook dinner when she comes home after a full day of work or are you there with the dinner ready when she comes home yeah because you got home an hour and a half before she did yep i don't care how hard you work (laughs) the reality is it's it's a giving heart that says my wife's coming home she's gonna want to eat yes she can cook for us and she probably cooked better than i do but you know what i'm gonna cook because this is gonna help her yeah and it's gonna help us that's a giving attitude. It's just, I know it's a small, simple example, but I'm saying it, it stems from 
this idea that I'm going to do something for someone else, I'm going to think about them first before I think about myself. Right. And I'm going to tell you, when you do that, it reciprocates every single time. Yeah. And it literally, even even the Bible says this, that if you give, mm-hmm. more will be given back to you. Yeah, it's true. Not, not equal, right. more. Right. Like an abundance, so much right. so that it's overflowing. <laughs> and I think we don't take that at its word. And, yeah. And it's true. Whether you're a believer, whether you understand the Bible, whether read it or not, that's not the point. The point is it's a principle. Mm-hmm. And if you practice it, I guarantee you, you can come back to me and tell me I'm lying. Yeah. But I guarantee you won't be able to. Because yeah. if you genuinely do this, you will see how it pays back. Yeah. In fact, you mentioned uh, Dale, uh, sorry, uh, you Andrew. mentioned Andrew <laughs> Carnegie right. earlier, and you said, uh, you know some of the things that he had done early on in order to be successful. One of the things that that made him successful is that he was one of these guys early on that could remember everybody's names and details about them. Mm. He worked, I think, at the telegraph company as one of the first few jobs that he had, and he really became very well versed in in. Well, I say he cared well, about people. He cared right. about people, so he right. learned a lot of details, and he became a really well connected person. So when the investment opportunities came, he could take advantage of them because he was in the in. Right, yeah. people knew him and said, "Hey, there's this deal coming. You might be interested. Here you go." But if he wouldn't have been a friendly, genuinely friendly person who just cared about people and was connected to people genuinely, he would have never. He may never have become as wealthy as he did, right? Right. Because nobody would ever have told him about the investments, or exactly. he wouldn't have had the connections necessary. And connections are important. Networking is so important. Yeah. Because we know it's not what you know; it's who you know. Yeah, it's a huge part of it. You still have to have the skill. You still have to have the ability. But at the end of the day, you're not alone, and you cannot do this alone. This is not a Lone Ranger uh, type of assignment. This is something that you can only do with other people. So I think it's such an important part of it. Giving really goes beyond just giving money. And I think sometimes wealthy people or even us middle class, we think, well, if we just write a check, that makes us generous. No, not necessarily. I can tell you, I have given in the past— simply from a selfish perspective. Yep. I can be honest with you and tell you that. Um, but I caught myself. I realized, okay, that was not me trying to be a good citizen. That was me trying to prime the pump. <laughs> right, and, right. And, and I was convicted of that. And I'm just telling you, if, if you pursue your relationships and people for the, what you can get out of them, that's going to be a dead end. Yeah. And you're going to be sorry because you're going to ruin relationships and you're not going to become successful. Yeah. There's another uh, person, extremely successful, another Carnegie, who wrote a book. His name's Dale Carnegie. He wrote (laughs) the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And he says that the thing that people love to hear more Mm, than anything else in the world is their own name. That's right. People love it when you know their name. They love to hear their name from across the room. They love to hear their name when they're first greeted by somebody. And so the fact that you would take time to learn someone's name, to learn a little bit about them, to engage with them, that's going to stick in somebody's mind. Yeah. And that is going to build a relationship over time. And that is where those unique opportunities are going to come up because you care enough about somebody else that when they're doing something, they're going to say, hey, you know who else might really be a good fit for this is, is you know, Dale Carnegie. He would, he'd be a great fit because he knew my name. And this, you know, it'd be Andrew, Andrew from the Telegraph. You know, he, he, you know, he loves people. He's great. He's a great, uh, you know, conversationalist. conversationalist. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring him in on this opportunity. You know, like that is a real thing that happens. And so take this giving mentality, not just giving finances, but giving in every area. And think about the people that you want to do business with the most, Mm -hmm. the people that you enjoy spending time with. They're the ones who are giving because that's just who they are. That they, they open the door for other people. They're kind in their words. They're kind. They give praise. You know, they are generous with their time. Yeah. And you want to be around that person. 
And, and if you go into a situation and somebody's being generous to you, but you can feel a negative motive behind that or a personal self-interest or a greedy yeah. motive you'll behind that, it. You'll, know you, it. you'll feel it. Yeah. And, and, and in capitalism, that's the interesting thing with capitalism. And I do love capitalism, but capitalism is give and get, give and get, Hey, I'm going to give you this product. I'm going to get dollars in return. And it works as a, as a system for economies. Right. But if you go one step further and you look to serve somebody well, and there will be a byproduct, you will return, you mm -hmm. will get dollars in mm -hmm. return. But if you look to make sure that you gave them more benefit in education or product than they gave you that's in the dollars, that's the customer service, right? That's the customer service. That comes service. along with the product. That's you're the customer service, and they want to come back to that, sure. and they want to tell their friends about that. So this giving mentality—that's where, that's that's where Uber success comes in. Yes, because everybody hears about it, and everybody wants a piece of that. Yes, because it's unique. It's not just, well, okay, I can buy this, but I can buy it here as well. Yeah, but if I buy it here, I know these people are going to take care of me. Yes. We know that, right? I mean, there are certain organizations that we'll buy from and we'll spend the extra $20, $50 for the same product we can get on Amazon because we know this one comes with customer service. Yes. And, you know, one-on-one -on -one help if I need it, whereas Amazon yes. can't help me with that. So it really emphasizes that fact that when you have a giving attitude, it reciprocates and it allows for that success to continue. Yes. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, so far, we've just covered three of the giving habits or three of the habits for success, uh, self-awareness, true grit, having a giving mentality. And we covered some of those stats. Uh, the next episode, we're going to go into several more habits of highly successful people, things that you can implement in your life to grow your personal success and your wealth over time. And another thing to do, uh, and I'm on the website right now, it's just leosabo.com. And I'm on there just looking at some of these blogs and reading back through some of the things that Leo's written over the past year, year and a half. And I'm looking at, at what he's given and his mentality of serving other people. Come check this out. It's leosabo.com slash blog. And then check out the rest of the resources. You know, he's put together this great uh, class, Budget Like a Ninja. He's got a tool that you can download to build your budget. He's got a debt snowball that you can go through and literally begin lining your debts out smallest to largest. And it's free. I say it's a download tool. You download it right off the website. You don't have to pay anything for that. The heart behind that is, hey, how can I serve you? And so when I look at these different things just on the website alone, and I see one that's a personal thing for Leo, he's got a vehicle inspection list <laughs> because he's a car guy. And so he gives and gives and gives in this area. He's given me tons of advice and insights on my personal vehicle. Well, he put together a vehicle inspection checklist. So take, just go download it and take a look at your vehicle and make sure that you've had time to review those things. And as you're going through your just, you know, annual car repairs, annual car maintenance, make sure that you're checking the list and seeing what needs to be done. Uh, it's going to be really beneficial to you. So leosabo.com. Uh, I would love for you to come check out stewardshippastors.com. Uh, I've been putting a ton of tools and resources on there. If you click on the free kit download link at the very front, it'll give you some tools and resources to begin building a stewardship ministry and just some great books to read and some other great resources. Uh, you'll also see on there a link to our podcasts and some videos. I've got some videos of some courses that you could implement at your church and some tools that you could use in your own personal finances, along with some other great resources to learn about generosity. And then finally, Jesus on Money, the book. Check out the book, Jesus on Money. You want to learn from the uh, it's funny, the most successful person in the entire world, the person who's literally influenced now to where I don't know what the exact number is, but over a billion people 
follow Christ, that are Christians, right. learn from Jesus Christ, learn from God himself, the, the word incarnate, learn how to be successful, not only on this earth, but in eternity. Uh, check out the book, Jesus on Money. The truths there are timeless. And so you can pre-order that today uh, from the website. We love spending time with you. Thank you for listening to the episode. I, I would encourage you, please rate it, review it, uh, download another one. Yeah, Download one you haven't listened to, or maybe one you haven't listened to in a while. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, go on to your iTunes or your Android device. Uh, and just rate us. You know, if it's got a five-star opportunity, click five stars. So, you know, it's up to you. But if you've enjoyed it, do that because it helps other people find us. If you're on something like CastBox and it just gives you an opportunity to like click a heart, click the heart. Let people know that you like what we're doing. Uh, take this link and share this episode uh, with a friend via text message. Say, hey, have you listened to this? I think this might help you. Or, you know, email it to four or five coworkers. That would be such a blessing to us. We'd really love for you to do that. Um, I've connected with several people in the past two weeks that have listened. One guy listened to all 60 episodes that we've had so far. I think we're at 62 or three now. But he'd listen to every episode that we've done. And it was so encouraging to hear uh, the impact that it's had and some of the things that it's ignited in his life. And so I just want to say thank you if you're listening and let us know because yeah. it really encourages us yeah. to get We'd to know to you. We'd love to hear that you're doing that because, again, we, we're on this side of the mic and it's not a live audience. So sometimes <laughs> we wonder yeah. how many people are actually benefiting. So if this podcast has helped you or others in the past, we'd love to, we'd just love a quick comment and saying, hey, listening, love it, keep going, or hey, want to hear more about this. Yeah. We'd love to hear that. We honestly do. We'd love to hear from you if there's some topics that we're not covering that you're struggling with or just want to know more about. Yep. Uh, we would, we, we'll, we'll do the work, we'll put it together, and we'll, we'll educate as much as we can. That's right. Well, you can find the show notes to this episode, more content and resources on Leo's website. It's leosabo.com. And we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money, money right. right. A large majority of people who have succeeded started in a really low spot, meaning they were either poor or broke, yep. or at some point in their journey had massive failure, mm. and then were able to pick themselves up and keep going. And that's what I mean by true grit. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's crucial that you realize that nothing is for free. Nobody's going to just give it to you. And, and listen, even if you got it that way, it wouldn't be <laughs> worth very much to you.